Hello, and welcome to the Front Porch Pod, the show about nothing. In tonight's episode, we will have an exclusive interview with John Bairdell. John earned a basketball scholarship to Slipper Rock University, where he was a four-year starter. While playing hoops, John earned a master's degree in criminology. John rose to social media fame during the Vine era. After Vine ended, John migrated to Instagram, where he has accumulated over 25,000 followers in a short period of time. Pull up a seat and enjoy the show. To the front porch, now you sit in front court It's a show about nothing but still your number one source We be talking some sports, so whatever you come for Better check the box score, I ain't done, I got more Listen when I chop it up, I can get your knowledge up Don't ignore the obvious, time that you acknowledge us If I say it, then I meant it, when I said it We can play it, we can spin it, we can listen, we can edit It's that Michael Jordan quarter flow, almost time to start the show Time around, we taking over, I just thought the y'all should know Sit back, relax, because I drop facts You are now tuned to the Front Porch Podcast Big Shot Barry, long time no see. Yo, 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 Jordan, how's it going, my dude? What the hell have you been up to, man? Seriously, it's been forever. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> trying to live my dreams out, I guess. Yeah. How yeah. are you, man? What have you been up to? I'm, I'm good, man. I uh, graduated from Slipper Rock, uh, got a graduate degree, now work in marketing. So uh, things are okay. And now trying to expand into the digital marketing world. So we'll see how that goes. Sweet. Yeah. That's got- what's up, man. Everything's digital now. Tell me about it. I got a, got a lot of respect for you chasing chasing your dreams. Appreciate that, man. And putting content out there, not just content, but good content. Appreciate that. Appreciate you joining. So. Yeah, this is like our first conversation we've had in like five years, Barry. Big I shot, know. Barry. <laughs> the, disclosure: I'm calling John Big Shot Barry for the entire night because <laughs> this dude is a killer. And we'll hit a game winner. We'll hit, we'll, we'll hit game winners like he's at an all-you-can-eat buffet. Hit some of the, the toughest shots I've seen. Um, and thus he got his nickname, Big Shot Barry. And, and you don't get that nickname unless you actually hit big shots. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate yeah. that, man. They just happen to go in. So um, yeah. I'm blessed to have those moments. But yeah. Yeah, well, we'll we'll jump right into the question portion of the evening. Um, first of all, thank you for being here. Really appreciate that. Um, you know, to you know, we don't we don't we lose communication. I reach out to you, and it's like we we never we never lost a beat. And I, I do appreciate that. It's like a that's a teammate bond that you know people gotta <laughs> people gotta experience. You know. Nah, yeah, rock rock boys for life. Oh yeah. I, I still got I, well. I still get fucking gear every year. I love it. I gotta send you some. I don't have any slippery rock gear. Man, I will send you something. I, I will. I will put something in the mail at the end of this week. Please do. I, I will. You deserve that. I need some. I yeah. need some swag. Man. Something to walk around in and represent. Oh you know I mean? uh, yeah. I'll, I'll. I'll take it. Big shot, Barry. <laughs> is, is, is there is there anything else I can do for you? <laughs> nah, that's all, man. I appreciate that. Uh, anyways, talk a little bit about your background. Give the audience kind of uh, an overview of, of John Bardo. Okay. Um, so background, beginning of life, like out of the womb or... Uh, you know what? I'll let you just rock out with it. Whenever you want to start, it's fine with us. But just clarify, you know, the age you're starting at so no one gets confused. Okay. So, June 19th. Um, 19th. <laughs> 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 um, nah, I'm from New York. Uh, um, grew up loving sports. Um, obviously a big-time hooper. Um, wasn't the greatest, but, um, <clears throat> you know, just worked hard and got blessed with opportunities to um, 
play at the collegiate level, and that's where I met you, Jordan. Um, that was a great day in your life, wasn't it? Yeah, it was an amazing day. I will never forget that day. The, the feeling is mutual, <sighs> FYI. It was like, like, yeah, it was unbelievable. But, um, yeah, I um, went to Slippery Rock, um, did my thing there. Um, afterwards, I uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Headed west. Um, for those who don't know where Slippery Rock is, that is east. <laughs> <laughs> it's about as far east as you can go without seeing ocean. <laughs> um, in Pennsylvania, but yeah, I headed yeah. to um, LA, and that's where I reside now. And yeah, um, I'm blessed. Life is good. Now, John, obviously you mentioned basketball being a big part of your life. Uh, how big uh, how big was basketball growing up for you? Um, so my parents are from the Caribbean. They're both Haitian. So they weren't big advocates for sports. <laughs> um, and so um, I did have a brother-in-law, though, that was like a huge Laker fan. Oh, he, he has good taste. Yeah, so um, that's um, part of the motivation for me to, like, start watching it. Um, but I think my main motivation was um, in high school when I saw all the um, Hoovers and the athletes getting the girls, and I wanted the girls too. So, <laughs> how am I not shocked? <laughs> um, so that's basically how I. That's when I got serious about hoops. Um, around like middle school, um, freshman year of high school, I was like, I like, I'm gonna try hard. <laughs> All for the girls. For the girls, man. Unfortunately, yeah. man, we do a lot of things. For the attention of women. Uh, tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not shocked one bit. Right. Whatever, whatever you did, it obviously worked. You earned a scholarship and played at a very high level. Um, talk about, you know, coming out of New York and how competitive that was and your path to get to, you know, Nova and then your path to get to Slippery Rock and kind of go through like the trials and tribulations you experienced to not just get there, but what you experienced while you were there. And so in New York, I played at uh, a high school by the name of Ramapo High School. It was uh, an unknown school to say the least. It was just, you know, it wasn't on anybody's radar. Um, also to make <laughs> matters worse, I wasn't necessarily killing it. Um, I wasn't developed. I probably averaged like 10 points a game as a point guard and like and those of you who know the basketball market it's very New York isn't your number one choice to go find prime time prime talent um, especially on the East Coast um, you want to go around that DMV area that DC Maryland Virginia and then if you go a little further south you got you got some good hoopers in Florida um, not to say that there aren't great hoopers in New York, but you typically, I mean, there's New Jersey, there's a lot of talent that come out of that Jersey area as well, but mm -hmm. New York City, it's like, you know, you don't get much. Um, so <clears throat> I just remember after high school, I didn't really know what to do. I didn't have the best grades, um, so I wasn't necessarily um, going to any great schools because of my grades. So um, my sister at the time, she was living in Virginia, and um, I ended up moving down to Virginia with my sister, and I went to a community college called Nova, Northern Virginia Community College. Um, when I got there, first thing on my mind, where's the basketball team? I need to try out. I need to play. And so uh, I end up finding out there's a tryout, but to my surprise, the tryout ends up being like on the campus parking lot, 
<laughs> like outdoor hoops and everything yeah outside it was like a campus parking lot outside there were like these hoops posted up was it like, raining that day luckily no but yeah. it, it might as well have been because I, like, I felt like it was over um yeah. yeah so there were like nine people out there and it was it was just weird um the, the coach didn't know what he was doing um it was a mess man and to say the least i just i just remember leaving that tryout thinking to myself like well your career is over now you need to figure out what you're gonna do now with your life um because basketball that's it you you're done but then the next day um i came across this kid and he told me that there was actually another um, team for the school on a remote campus that was like 45 minutes out and he was like yo I'm actually going down there I'm going I'm going down to the tryout or whatever you should come with me so like I like was like oh hell yeah absolutely I have nothing to lose at this point right <laughs> so I like hopped you were in. just outdoors like yesterday. yeah like literally like the bottom and so, um, I, yeah, I just, I, I carpooled with the dude. We went to the campus. I ended up meeting, um, a bunch of fellas and the coach of like the actual team that they had. So this was the A team. The other team apparently was the B team. Wow. Um, if you're a school like that, why even have an A and B team? Yeah. I don't know. And it's a community college. So I don't, <laughs> it's like, they'll take anyone at those schools. You're taking yourself a little too serious, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. I ended up having a tryout. Um, my coach, uh, coach Sean and, um, uh, coach Fitzmaurice, they all basically, um, they took me in. And, you know, in the beginning, I wasn't necessarily killing it there as well. Um, but um, I think the point guard at the time got hurt. And then I, I was able to fill in, and I filled in, and I did well. And, um, yeah, next thing you know, I was being called the Allen Iverson of Juco. oh the iverson of juco hey well you know what sometimes injuries or how you gotta you know seize the opportunity look at you know tom brady look at tony romo these are it happens you know all the time in sports you know it's the next man up approach yeah yeah absolutely man the iverson of juco i love that iverson of juco axe tabari tabari and um all the Cecil guys. <laughs> Shout out to you Cecil. Do you used to uh, give uh, Cecil nightmares? Um, I, while we while I was at Nova, we played Cecil once, um, and it was a close game. I think I was highly like um, scouted, and so they had a whole game plan for me. Um, one of which was to put this pestering defensive menace by the name of John Bossel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they put the box in one on you with boss. Yes. Um, that's, that's great. For the audience that doesn't know, um, boss ended up being our teammate at slippery rock. Great friend of ours. Um, but this guy, he just has an engine like no other. He um, played hard as fuck. He played super hard. And what made matters worse is like he had no shame. I remember like when someone's pressuring you up the court, usually if I do a move or two and I get them off balance, they like give me my distance. They like leave me alone. The thing with bosses was like he doesn't care about that shit. Yeah, he doesn't give two fucks. You could drop him, he'll pop right back up. Dude, I literally dropped him. He sprinted back up, like no shame. I was like, wow, (laughs) like he is ruining this. Like, (laughs) you're supposed to stay down and let me drill this jump shot. Yeah, you should like be of like ashamed. Like he had no shame, like in the best way. And so, um, 
Yeah, that's that's all I can remember. But it ended up being a good, like a really close game. They ended up winning, of course. Stacked. They were stacked. Yeah, stacked. Oh, they talent. were they um, were so stacked. They ended up winning, but um, it was a close game. I think it went to overtime. Uh, my boy Sam, who played on the team, he dropped like forty. He just went off. Um, so yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, Cecil was always good. Yeah. Not so much these days. Maryland JUCO is kind of all down. Really? Yeah, it's kind of weak now. No, that yeah. was like it. Like I tell people tell all me the about time, it. like tell me I play about the it. best talent in JUCO. Like, like that, con- that conference was around. legit. Heck yeah. It's it's lost its flair now. Hmm. No, Nova's pretty good these days. Yeah, man. I went back. I was so proud. Like I went back the other day. <laughs> like just because when I when we went, well, when I went, it wasn't. It wasn't even a certified JUCO yet. It was like it was considered an intramural team still. And is that why you were able to play for four seasons of Slipper Rock? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so, so. Um, it, they weren't even considered a real team. I remember like um, telling people on campus, like, "Hey, like I have practice tonight," or like you know mentioning the team, and people would like legit laugh and be like, "Wait." We have a team like like no one knew it was a thing um wow. but um yeah like you know after building and like the great job that um coach sean and everybody else did over there um i think mike is over there they like built that program up and yeah. um it's like it's like a powerhouse in that in that northern virginia area now Right. Well, Rome wasn't built overnight, you know, built a day, whatever the fuck they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, man, I'm, I'm so happy. That, dude, I'm so happy for them. You, you know what's incredible now that I think about it, you know, f- seven years later or whatever it is? Yeah. The fact that you got a full scholarship to Slippery Rock for your performance on an intramural Juco team. That just shows you how good of a player you were. I mean, think about that. My fault. I think you went in and out. What was that? Uh, yeah. Um, I said what's pretty incredible is the fact that you got a full scholarship from Slippery Rock University based on your performance at the intramural level <laughs> at a junior. I mean, at a junior college, nonetheless. I mean, that just speaks volumes of how good of a player you were. I appreciate it, man. I think, and I, and I want to say I was the first to ever receive like a full NCAA scholarship. Well, you know what you did, John? You paved the way for (laughs) – think about it. You're the first. That program puts players in the next level now. I mean – Yeah, they do. You you paved the way. They should be – everyone should send you a royalty every time they get a fucking scholarship. (laughs) Checks payable to Big Shot Barry. Hey, man, I will take it. But I'm I'm proud. I'm proud of that whole program. It wasn't just me. It was a lot of hard work and, like, everyone, like – you know, just mm-hmm. chipping away at it. So it's a fucking grind. There's no doubt. Absolutely. But yeah. So. But but things certainly didn't become you know less of a grind once you got to your four year school. Yeah, uh, Slippery Rock was 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 interesting. Um, definitely an experience. I, I learned a lot while I was there. Um, uh, playing under Reynolds. It was tough, but yeah, we we learned and um, we won, so that was good. That was good. Yeah, we won a lot of games. I tell you what, no one can fuck with me after <laughs> getting through the program and graduating. Um, and I and I think that's one of the things that a, a college athletics program should do for someone. You should you should come there a boy, and you should leave. You know. Man. mature or whatever you want to call it grown man i don't want to sound cliche but you know I, that's one thing i'll always look back and say wow i got through a lot and i can pretty much do any fucking thing i want no yeah well because you know I, I don't think unless you're an athlete you don't really understand how much time is being dedicated to this thing outside of your studies and like everything else that's going on on campus and so when as an athlete if you're able to balance those things and do them well at the same time um with those pressures 
Um, I think that, you know, when real life hits you, you're a little bit more equipped to uh, take it on. I most certainly agree. Um, and that actually answers the final question we had regarding basketball of how did playing a college sport help you with life after college. Do you have anything else you'd want to add on to that? Um, no, yeah, I think it was uh, those those pressures, man. Like, I don't think when you have to suit up and you're representing a community and they are, like, depending on you to win. Right, the support. Um, I think it's it's just that that type of pressure. Uh, it's just different, you know, because a lot of people they have a hard time failing, uh, failing in front of others. They like to fail in private. They like to fail in secret. But if you can comfortably do what you have to do and sometimes fail in front of everyone and be able to get back up and keep on going, I think that speaks volumes about uh, someone's character. Yeah, I must say I agree with you. Um, So so let's go ahead and – well, thank you for giving us an insight on basketball, your playing days, uh, what the sport meant to you, kind of how you got to where you're at. Um, but let's get to the uh, gold of the interview, and that's this social media uh, platform that you've been so successful at. Um, obviously, you know, there's a 70% chance, maybe even higher, that everyone listening to this podcast or anyone who will listen to it saw one of your vines, whether they knew it was you or not. They've seen one of your vines. Obviously, vine is where you got your start. Um, Talk about what vine did for you. Well, vine was a magical platform. Uh, (laughs) All six seconds. Six seconds of magic. Um, I never got on vine, but I remember watching a lot of yours. I never created my own. um, Yeah, I think it was it was. It was magical just because it allowed you to be creative and you didn't need much, you know? I think what happens is there are a lot of creative people out there, but they don't have, they don't, or they feel like they don't have resources. And so with the internet in general, and then apps like Vine, like it just gives you an opportunity to like be creative and put it out there. And so, um, yeah, Vine was amazing. Um, I started it, like, the first day. Um, I was with my girlfriend at the time. We came out to L.A. Literally our first day, we started Vine. Um, And that was it. Like, we were just, like, creating shit. And it was was a blast, man. Um, Now, was that under the name uh, Jay Blah, or was that before even Vine? Yeah, <laughs> you did your research, man. <laughs> I just remember. I just remember. I'm not. I'm not on Twitter these days, which I don't know why. But I do remember that Jay Blah, and I remember seeing those videos. Like, man, John Bairdell is everything I want to be. <laughs> like, fuck. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Johnny Blah. I think it was. Um. Yeah, that was my name on Vine. Um. Yeah, we just. We just made videos, man, like a lot of kooky, like weird shit, but we were just, I was just having fun, you know, I'm still having fun, so. Well, that, that's probably key, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, like if you're not having fun creating content or you just don't feel inspired, um, you should probably take a break. <laughs> yeah. I, I, def, I definitely agree with you. Describe how crushed you were when Vine, you know, closed. Yeah, so, like, I I caught on really late. So I looked at the patterns of it all. Like, I started doing it for fun, but then I got competitive, of course. And so I started Oh, imagine that. Yeah. yeah, The Iverson of Juco (laughs) got competitive. Who'd have have thunk it? Who'd have thought, right? Exactly. And so... 
I started studying the algorithms and like really studying like why certain people were reaching certain levels of success and others weren't and like how they were doing it. Um, and so like when I, unfortunately I feel like if I had like started buying two years earlier, um, I would have been a lot bigger now, but I'm happy I started anyways. Um, but yeah, I think that Vine shutting down was unfortunate, but I'm not really sad about it because by the time Vine shut down and like Instagram had started rolling out one minute videos and like it was just like uh, there are other there are other platforms for you to put your voice out there and then there's YouTube of course yeah so like, I so wasn't... so the Vine breakup was an easy one yeah <laughs> like I was not tripping at all uh, it was good so you kind of migrated to Instagram which is where you've kind of you know found your place so to speak now. Um, describe why you think you, you know, gravitated towards that platform. Um, that's the platform I spend the most time on. Um, I, I just feel like outside of YouTube, um, but when I use YouTube, I'm not using YouTube to like watch people's skits and like, it's not like an influencer thing to me on YouTube. It's usually mm -hmm. to learn something or like to watch a trailer for a new dope ass movie or like watch some Jimmy Kimmel highlights and see who said some fucked up shit or like, you know, like, yeah. it's not like, oh, I'm going to see what this person is up to because I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I use YouTube for? Highlights. Like, well, yeah, that. Oh, that but like, too. oh god. So sometimes you know, it's like if you got good data or you're connected to Wi-Fi, you've got whatever song you could possibly think of that's ever been created. Oh my god. I use it for music sometimes. Now music. Apple's Apple's done a, a dirty thing over the last two years, maybe even more. They don't allow you to close the YouTube app anymore and let it play still. So that's fucked up. But right. I don't watch, I'm with you, I don't watch skits or anything like that, but I, I do think there uh, are some people that are definitely succeeding on YouTube because, you know, there's there's so many fucking people on it. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, it, yeah, and there's no, like, I, like, to your point, there are definitely people killing it on that platform. And then they're getting paid, too. That's the one thing. They're, if you have a, a, a nice core, you're, you're getting some money from it. So it's not a terrible thing, but I just choose to use the things that i'm on like i just <laughs> yeah yeah so. that makes that makes sense yeah so do you have any tips or tricks for building a personal brand for any of our listeners out there we know that's a personal brand especially in the influence influencer market is is a major key i didn't want to sound like dj cali there but <laughs> major key alert major key alert yo there you go there you go um, no, um, uh, authenticity is probably number one, um, just because people, um, people, especially in our generation and the younger kids, they are just so hip to like sniffing out bullshit or not necessarily bullshit, but just like when someone's not being themselves. Um, and so I think it's really important that whatever you're doing, like it is in some way a part of you. Um, and I think that, you know, consistency, 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 consistency. Um, I tell people all the time, they're like, how do I build my thing up? I'm like, dude, you could literally make a toenail blog. And if you post every day, and you're consistent, and you t like tell a story about your toenail blog. That sh <laughs> that shit will blow. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's the type of that's the type of dumb shit that's working these days. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking crazy. You just gotta yeah. be on top of it. So so you can't you can't fake it till you make it in this in this world. 
No. In this social media it world. It doesn't come quick. It's 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 compound interest. That's what it is. Yeah. And, and then the the more the bigger you get, the easier it becomes for you to get bigger. But that's that's really what it is with with content. It's compound interest. And so you have to yeah. just know like if I put in if I invest 150 videos or 150 posts like i'm 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 gonna get some type of following because there are gonna be some weirdos that just like me who are into fucking toenails oh yeah like (laughs) probably more more weirdos than you think that might be into toenails they will find you and so um that's that's just that's part of it and then i think being original that's that's also part of it too um that's that's what i i I think i pride myself i'm always like thinking about like how like everyone's doing it like this like how can i do it like that or like how can i like flip it up or change it up so that helps i don't think that's a huge factor but for me like i just Actually, that doesn't matter. I just think it's cool to be original. <laughs> yeah. But, Always yeah. be yourself, I guess. Not another. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as you built this brand for yourself, what were the biggest struggles you saw as, as you were building and as you continue to see today as you continue to grow? Um, just adapting with the platforms, uh, the algorithms, just because – I would sit there and I would think I would figure it out like, oh, like this is the best time to post or this is the best way to reach people. But, you know, Instagram and Facebook and all these other apps, they're constantly changing. And they're also implementing new technologies and new things that go along with the app. And so you have to just be really creative and like, okay, how can I integrate this into my overall message and like how can I use that to like make it like all make sense you know so Mm -hmm. I think that like just being flexible and able to like go with the flow and just be creative and use everything to your disposal I think that's that's like really key in this social media world yeah I'd have to agree with you there um you mentioned algorithms do you have a good starting point for someone who may be uh interested in in learning more on on the algorithms that they should you know associate themselves with right so for me i think i just paid i spent so much time in front of the screen and watching people like other people post and like how they were doing things and so I just paid attention to patterns if you pay attention to patterns um and like how people are going about things you'll start to answer some questions um and so that's how I started to like break down I know with Vine so I like I I could give this away because I know that Vine no longer exists and no one's gonna care anyways, I'll give it away anyways. Um, they had a popular page and they and the popular page basically was like the main page everyone went to for Vine because it was all the viral shit. And yeah. so what I learned was like it wasn't necessarily all the viral shit. It was like the same like twenty five people on a popular page every single day (laughs) just in a rotation and i was like so you're telling me these same 25 people are the only ones producing viral shit in the world no and so what i realized is that they were posting but the way the algorithm worked if they posted a certain way and they posted at a certain time and because they had a certain amount of initial traction, then they would automatically go to that popular page, which is basically like the front page. If, if the, like 
the front page of the New York Times, that's the equivalent of the popular page for Vine. Like, like you, you've made it, made it, if uh, you were on that page. Exactly. And if yeah. you go on that, if you're on that page and your stuff is good, then you're exponentially growing at a rapid pace, at, at a rapid pace. And so, like, a lot of those guys who were killing it on Vine, they have huge followings. Lily Pons, they, they, a lot of them still have the hugest followings on Instagram outside of traditional like Beyonce and all of those people. But look up a Lele Pons or a King Batch or like, you know, a lot of these people, they have massive followings and that's all because they paid attention to the algorithm and they positioned themselves and they used the platform. So now, now you mentioned that you moved out once to kind of pursue, uh, you know, what you wanted to do. Um, how important is location in this social media game? So I don't. I think that location isn't as important as it used to be, <clears throat> just because everything's digital. Um, before, if you wanted to be an actor or be or just to have any type of exposure in entertainment, you had to be in LA. Um, now, it's it's a little bit different because you could grow, you could build a huge following in your backyard, in your living room, just acting a fool, and people across the world will know who you are. Um, yeah, and, the internet's fucking crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and, and if people want you, they will find you. Yeah, the market is always fair. Yeah, and so I don't think it's as big of a deal as it used to be. Yeah, so the internet has truly made this world flat. (laughs) Yeah. You you know, I'm I'm not a a flat world guy, but I saw a crazy video of of Kyrie Irving doing some crazy, ridiculous balance things the other day. Dude. And and now, now I'm questioning myself. I'm trying to figure out, like, was that real? I don't know if that was I, real. I don't know. It, it's weird because you know he's all into the flat world and shit, so. I don't know. Do you think he really thought that or he was trolling people? Because... I, I have no idea. He, I can't get a read on him. He, he's he's weird. So I, I, think, I think initially, because I heard an interview, like, right afterwards, and he didn't even address it. All he said was, you guys didn't even listen to the whole interview. All you heard was the flat, the world is flat. Yeah. So in my head, it's like he was trolling people, but he really had something to say in the rest of that interview. Now I'm curious. I got to pull it up. Yeah. yeah. Kyrie might be a genius. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did come out and say not too long ago that he only wants to play to his early 30s. Um, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I do too. I, mean, I don't think that's he, that stretch. That's yeah. far fetched. He's having a great year this year. Yeah, and he's. I mean, he, he's made more than enough money. You know. Oh so yeah. That's not like a far fetched thing. Hit so the big on. game seven shot. He did all that. He's got. He's got it all. Hell yeah! Oh yeah, he yeah. has a championship. Yep. Like, what is, yep. <laughs> yeah. Help! Help! LeBron and company bring one back to Cleveland. Who could ever forget? Actually, I fucking lost. I lost a hundred bucks to see Hayes on that one. Really. Yeah, Chris we bet Hayes. Chris Hayes, yeah. He 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 took the damn bet when it was three one uh Golden State. Wow. He said he had betting, faith I, like that. He was betting on Braun, man. Wow. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Chris has vision though. Shout yeah. out to Chris, man. He always yeah. knew what was popping and what wasn't. Oh yeah, I, I know. And then get this. So last season. <laughs> We bet at the beginning of the year that the Sixers won't make the playoffs. They made the playoffs, obviously. So I, I gave him another 100. Oh, my God. So if he hits me up for a bet this year, I'm going to say no fucking way, dude. Nah, man. Oh, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> no Chris, fucking way. Chris knows what's up, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. Yeah, definitely. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so talk about how you – develop a balance between the grind, building a platform, uh, but also making time, you know, for you. Yeah, it's the balance is tough. I mean, I, 
I got a nine to five. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, for all of you guys that think that I'm in Hollywood just running around making vines all day, um, they don't pay my bills. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a job, like, so I have to balance that. And then, you know, you know, I have friends out here. I make sure that I, I go hang out with my friends and, you know, I make sure that I, you know, go work out and go shoot some hoops still and do all the regular stuff. So it is a balance, you know. I think it's just being organized and, like, committing to, like, dropping stuff when you commit to it. So Yeah, I feel like you always need to make time to work on yourself, whether it be taking a short nap or whatever. You got to have you time because – you can burn yourself out pretty easy these days. Absolutely, it, it's it's really it's it gets really tough sometimes. But like you said, do some yoga. Go. <laughs> oh yeah. Go meditate. I actually I actually do yoga once a week. You wouldn't believe it. Really? No. Yeah. I fucked. From, do, is that, you do hot yoga? I love hot yoga. I I tried hot yoga. I started yoga probably three and a half four months ago. First session I ever did was a hot yoga. And I never went back to that those 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 temperatures. I just do it in like a normal room now. Right. That was right, that right. was too much for me, man. A little too much. <laughs> nah, yeah. Hot yoga is a shit for me. I love hot yoga. Oh my god. Yeah. Is is that is that really popular out west? Um, I don't know if it's a, it's a if it's an out west thing, but there's definitely a ton of studios out here that. I visited that were hot yoga and it was like super popping. Jeez, uh, is there like meditation studios out there too? Shit, I don't know. I, I haven't really looked into that, but huh. I heard there were some out in LA. I, I don't know. I would what love to is get out a meditation? there. I guess they're just basically like yoga, but you're just not moving. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't believe it. I guess people are actually fucking paying to do that. Yeah, I was about to say that's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> It pro- probably invented by the fucking guy who's going to start the toenail fucking blog. Oh, man. That guy's going to be fucking legendary. Oh, my goodness. So, what is your end goal uh, in the social media game? Um, it's a great question. Initially, it was like, I want to be famous. Right. <laughs> more money, more money, more money. Um. I think now that I'm getting a little older, I think that I just want to make stuff that entertain me, and I could just look back and be like, "Oh shit, remember when we made this?" And remember how cool we used to be? Yeah, like it just like kind of like I could go back in that time and just reminisce and I and just like have it documented. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, we made fun of this movie at this time. That shit was hilarious. Like, you know? So, mm-hmm. I think, um, I think that is part of it. I think that's most of it, man. Just making stuff for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I'm happy with and I'm yeah. good. I like, if anything comes of it, that'd be amazing. Otherwise, I'm going to keep my nine to five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about growth. Um, Obviously, there's organic growth, which requires you to sit in front of a screen for hours and interact and engage and all that good shit and be consistent with your content. And then there's, you know, the paid ads route. Paid ads are ridiculously underpriced these days. We run a bunch of them uh, for our podcast. Um, can you discuss, you know, uh, the differences between organic and paid growth and, and the route you out. see as which, which, what route should, you know, an individual take? Um, I think you should use everything to your disposal. Um, the paid ad option is there for a reason. If you have, I would recommend putting aside a budget, a budget, if you have a little bit of money. If you're serious about what you're doing and you want it to grow, fucking use it. Like, I don't, I'm, I, I love the idea. Um, 
unfortunately, like, uh, Facebook and all these apps, like, they know that they could leverage this because everybody wants to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah. They're extremely underpriced right now for the exposure it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think if you have it, fucking use it, man. Like, it, it's, it beats staring at the screen for hours trying to figure out algorithms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. So. <laughs> what, and, and, and what's your opinion of, you know, reaching out to influencers, whether it be yourself or someone else, uh, and negotiating a rate for them to drop a post about your stuff? Highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, and, uh. Well, go so, ahead. Yeah, go keep expanding that a little bit. Yeah, highly recommended. Um, more so than paid ads because um, it's not just a one-off. You could create a community and you could create a relationship um, with another influencer, and these things could happen. And next thing you know, like you're not paying to share each other's shit. Like you're sharing each other's shit because you fucks with each other. You know. Right. And so, um, it's, you know, you're just creating your community and like you're building your relationships. And so I think I highly, highly, highly recommend reaching out to other people that are doing just what you're doing. Cause at the end of the day, you're only going to build each other up. Like, so that's huge. Right. And just out of curiosity, is there like a standard market rate? to get an influencer is it based off followers is it based off who the person is or how does the pricing work is there negotiation or so um i i usually just negotiate um but if you don't know your rates there was an app i'm not sure if it's still available it was called um social blue book and so basically what this app did depending on your engagement, depending on your num- the number of followers, depending on the number of posts, it will give you a base rate on your photos and your video posts. And mm-hmm. so that's how you would know, like, oh, if I post this, I'm worth X amount of dollars. Um, and so not sure if that's still available, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were other apps that did the same thing. And so... Just do some research. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're out there, but um, negotiate, 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 negotiate. Because so, at the end of the day, you're worth what you think you're worth. <laughs> right. And um, But someone yeah. might not agree with what you think you're worth. That's, yeah. that's where the negotiation and conflict comes in. Exactly. But you just got to negotiate. Um, find a find a middle ground. Yeah. So, John, I also see that you started kind of like uh, into the art movement a little bit. Do you want to talk about uh, that platform you're trying to build? Uh, and if you wanted to talk about your uh, your, is it considered a, a a vlog, a video log that the the Spit Hot Fire show? <laughs> I love how you said that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Spit hot fire. Um, yeah. No, so what's going on for everyone who's like confused as to what the fuck is going on? And so what I realized is that I I did a whole bunch of skits in the past and I shut it down because I was just tired of doing skits. I was tired mm-hmm. of doing the same things. I was bored and a lot of my frustration came out of the fact that I felt pigeonholed with the, like I felt pigeonholed by the way my brand or the way that my page was set up. And so if I, because I was only posting like skits and like memes, like I felt like, if I didn't post that, I wouldn't get any love, and then it made me feel bad. But then part of the other part of me is like, oh shit, like I want to talk about sports. I want to hit on art. I want to do a lot of stuff. And so mm-hmm. when I came back, I was like, 
if, if I come back, I'm going to do, I want to, I want to create a system where I could do all of the shit that I want to do. And that, so that is how the variety show concept came about. Okay. And so with my main page, what you see is it's like a variety show. It's like, oh, here is, here is me my most genuine self but then here are the extensions of me and so you have your sports channel because obviously i love sports and mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk about hoops and i'm gonna talk about right. that and then here you are the irison of all juco <laughs> right and then you have art i mean i wasn't always i i, I just like I just started painting on a, on a canvas, but I love it. It's fun. Like I am not a, a Picasso by any means, but I just enjoy like creating shit. And I think like fucking with colors and hues, like that shit is fun. So like, I was like, yeah, I want an art channel. And like, and I'm having, I have other channels that I'm going to roll out and things of that sort. And so, um, with the art thing, it's just it's just an extension of me. Like it's just like there's little every it's every channel. It's exaggerated a little bit, but it's still an extension of who I am. So that's kind of like the big picture of what all of it is and like what's going on. I know it could be really confusing because oh yeah a no one like not that i know of i like i haven't seen anything like it so <laughs> like what i'm trying to do is kind of like and it's a little like i don't know i just, I just think it's just kind of ambitious because I, I don't know so i think over time people get the idea like more like oh this is what's going on but because it's so new and like, I'm just really just trying something else. And I want to be able to, like, express all parts of me authentically. Like, I think that's that's the goal. Well, we do wish you the best of luck. Uh, anyone who's looking to get in touch with John can follow him on Instagram. Uh, at dreams like J-O. That's dreams, plural, like J-O on Instagram. Uh, I, I'm sure he would be willing to answer your questions. And, John, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show this evening. My God, I appreciate you, man. Um, and also, before we go, congrats on, on the podcast. Congrats on all of this, man. I'm really proud of you. Way to fucking do it. If you ever need me on the show, we could always do this, man. I want to get you on uh, Spit Hot Fire for real. We got. I, I would definitely be down for that. Now, could I could I remote in like this or? We're gonna have to figure out a way. We could definitely figure it out, man. Cause I'm I'm flexible. Well, you just you just let me know, and in the meantime, I'll make sure I get some gear out to the mail to you. So uh, go ahead and send me over a good good address. Word. Yeah. Word. I need some I, rock gear. Big bro. Big Shot Barry, I, I got you, man. All right, I got man. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Thanks for tuning in to the Front Porch Pod. It would mean the world to us if you could leave a review on iTunes. We can't grow this show without your continued support, and we can never thank you enough.